0: You're listening to the Focus Compounding podcast, where we take one idea off of the Focus Compounding website and share it with you here on the podcast for free. To read other ideas just like this, feel free to go to www.focuscompounding.com and be sure to sign up using the word "podcast" as a promo code to get ten dollars off your monthly subscription price forever. Alrighty, we are ready to get going again for this week's episode of uh, a stock ideas session with Mr. Jeff Gannon and myself. Jeff, how are you doing? Happy Monday. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing great, Andrew.
0: Jeff is doing great, and we're all doing great. So we're happy to be here. We uh, want to thank everybody for tuning in. Uh, the podcast has been a lot of fun for us, and I think a lot of people really do enjoy it, and uh, people have been emailing us about it. So that's that's really great. Always, um, you know, I wanted to make a quick comment. Always be on the lookout for... Um, whether we're gonna do certain uh, Q&A's. So if you ever see us tweet out asking for questions or um, you wanna be featured in the Q&A, always feel free to email us. My um, email or the email you can reach us at is info at focusedcompounding.com. Or of course you could reach Jeff at, what's your email again?
1: Gannon on investing at, at gmail.com.
0: G- Gmail Or you can reach us on Twitter. So my Yeah, do you want to give our Twitter handle? Yeah, my Twitter handle is at Focus Compound and yours is at Jeff Gannon. And that's G-E-O-F-F. Correct. G-Gannon, Gannon. G A N N O N. Perfect. So today we're going to be going over Frost, Colin Frost bankers. Um, this is a company that you do own, correct? Correct. How long have you owned it? Couple of years, couple of years now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Jeff, uh, Jeff's a very concentrated investor. So when he owns something, he owns it, and he typically holds it for a while. wouldn't you say? Mm-hmm. That's and, um And the ticker is CFR. At the moment we are recording this, it's currently trading at one hundred five dollars and forty three cents. market cap is six point six billion. For those who are interested in Jeff's original thesis, on the website under the reports section, Jeff did upload his his. 10,000 plus word that he uh, wrote on the singular diligence. Um, it's an old thing that he used to do, but the report's up there. It's really great. Uh, we encourage everybody to check it out and you could sort of uh, use that to reverse engineer and get all of his uh, original thoughts. So when did you start to look at the company?
1: Hmm. Um, I looked at a bunch of banks. Uh, if you go to the report section of the website, I think there's six different banks that we did. They would be Bank of Hawaii, Bank of Hawaii, Ah, uh, Commerce Bank shares, uh, Bank of o- uh, BOKF, which is a Bank of Oklahoma, and uh, Frost and Prosperity. Um, there might be another one in there. Uh, Frost and Prosperity are both Texas-based banks, mm-hmm. and Frost is the one I like the best. When we wrote about it for the newsletter, I said it was my favorite stock idea and the best we'd ever written about for for focus compounding.
0: Definitely. And do you remember? Do you remember the price when you started? What what price around uh, around the- what price do you own it at?
1: Okay, so the, it's easier to say when the report was. Uh, yeah. The report was sixty-two dollars a share. Mm-hmm. Um, my actual pricing is is lower, but that was just luck. It happened to <laughs> it happened, but people should know this. It happened after the report to plunge mm-hmm. from probably sixty-two dollars to forty-six or something like that, and I happened to buy it on pretty much the cheapest day. Yeah.
0: And you've owned it for ever
1: since. Since then. So people can look up whenever it hit 47 or something is the day that I bought it. Yeah.
0: So what, so I, obviously I know we, for full disclosure forever, I've personally never valued a bank or even, you know, I, I just haven't really gone into the, uh, banking sector, but obviously you have. So what, okay. So what are they like a traditional bank, like a bank of America, JP Morgan, or what's their whole business model?
1: Sure. So they're a very simple bank to understand. Um, they're, Uh, they basically have two halves to their deposit business and two halves um, to the asset side of the business. So a bank has liabilities on one side, which is where it gets its money from, and it has assets on the other side, which is what it uses that money for. That's the way to think about it. So where do they get that money from? Okay, so they get their money from um, businesses in Texas and from consumers and households in Texas, and it's about half and half that way. But then they do not lend to consumers. They lend to Texas businesses, and then they buy securities, which are often uh, state bonds in Texas, uh, sometimes bonds backed by the, the bonds used to fund the universities here and things like that. Mm-hmm. And are they pretty much Texas-dominated? Uh, Texas. yeah? No, no, exclusively. They have no branches outside of Texas. They've um, The bank's been around since slightly after um, the Civil War, uh, and it has never had a branch outside of Texas as far as I know. Yeah, I was going to say, because being in Dallas, I think I've only seen- Maybe one. They have a t- tiny market share here. They're about two percent market share in Dallas. Um, for those listening, there's there's four major cities in Texas, and they're very far away from each other, so the markets don't interact. There's Austin, there's Houston, um, there's San Antonio, and there's Dallas Fort Worth. We're in Dallas Fort Worth, mm-hmm. um, and Frost has very little presence here. But uh, although you do see their ads here, but they have. Um, Huge market share in San Antonio, which is their historical home.
0: So what type of businesses do they typically lend to? Is it more oil dominated or?
1: Uh, yeah, they actually, um, I mean, that. so uh, at the time that oil plunged, which is why I was able to get the stock at a good price, um, they, about 16% of their loan portfolio was in energy. Oh, wow. uh, very few banks do energy lending. In fact, that's why we had two banks on there that we picked, um, Frost and BOK Financial. So one is a Texas-based one and one's an Oklahoma-based one. Both do a lot of lending to oil and gas. Um, almost all of Frost loans for that are oil-related, though, are loans against producing wells, um, in which they value oil that's in the ground, but the well has to already be um, producing oil. Oh, so it's more of like a conservative, I guess, aspect. it very let- little. like yeah. You know what? The loans that went bad were oil services. Really? Right, and that's not what they tend to yeah, lend. Yeah, because
0: a lot of the boom in Boston oil is kind of like what when you're drilling and, and doing the exploratory side of things. So mm-hmm. if they're just sure. lending to already producing
1: wells, like I said, kind of more conservative, I guess, in the oil business. Yeah, and Texas kept getting down the price at which their their cost basis in terms of what uh, how cheaply they could produce oil so that a lot of wells here kept producing. Huh, so.
0: interesting. So and then, um, you know, currently it's like we said, it's back at 100. Have you revalued it since you uh, – like do you still think it's a pretty interesting opportunity today? I think it's that, a very interesting
1: opportunity. I still own it. It's probably – as of today, it's it's over twenty five percent of the portfolio. I don't know the exact number, but it's yeah. more than twenty five percent. It was a twenty five percent position when I started, and it it uh, I guess I sold some of it to buy a different stock, but um, it's it's because of the growth in the stock. It, probably around twenty five percent of my portfolio now. Um, it's very interest rate sensitive. I was just gonna say, how yeah. is that gonna be affected when when I mean if it benefits more than any bank that I'm aware of
0: when rates rise? Yeah, yeah,
1: because it pays almost nothing for the. the the loans uh, for the uh, deposits that it gets, mm-hmm. and and we could get into the complexities of it, but all banks are sort of interest rate sensitive, sure. Because what they do is they tend to um, they tend to pay a fraction of the Fed funds rate on their deposits. Mm-hmm. So what will happen is, if the Fed funds rate is two percent, and they tend to pay zero point five times the Fed funds rate for this savings account or something, then they pay one percent but loans tend to be priced and bonds tend to be priced on a spread that is plus the fed funds rate, not multiplicative, but additive. So like, uh, what'll happen is if the fed funds rate is at 4%, then if you tend to have, um, these types of loans be th- fed funds rate plus 3%, that's what it'll be, not multiplied by that number. Anyway, the point is that as the fed funds rate was when I picked the stock, the fed funds rate was the target was between zero and 0.25. That was the reason for um, picking Frost mm-hmm. because of how sensitive it is to that. Um, I think I said in the report that at the time it was earning maybe a little less than $5 a share. It'll earn more than five now, but it was earning a little less than five at the time. And I predicted that if the Fed funds rate was at normal level, which I estimate would be 3% plus um, in 2020, the stock would definitely earn more than $9 a share. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not with a lot of deposit growth. It's just from the fed funds rate rising.
0: So then, and you bought it around like $47 a share. So that is that we said $47 a yeah. share. So, so trained, yeah. yeah,
1: we should point out in the report. I gave an appraisal of what I thought it would be worth. Mm-hmm. That appraisal value is based on normal fed funds rate. Got it. I use 3% as normal. Mm-hmm. Honestly, normal is like three to four. Mm-hmm. Okay. The fed itself, members of it say that normal is now 2.5, 2.75, something like that. No one is saying it's three to four. I still think it's three to four. Mm-hmm. Um, but so at a three to four percent Fed funds rate, I would have appraised the business back then, when I wrote the report, at one hundred forty dollars a share, mm-hmm. and you could buy it for, like we said, when the report came out, sixty some dollars. I got it for forty uh, high forties, so it was very cheap. Yeah, and it's because of that it wouldn't be able to earn a lot till the Fed funds rate went up.
0: Mm-hmm. And then it, with it being at one hundred five dollars, I mean, have you updated that? What you think it could be worth?
1: Uh, yeah, the. It, it's the deposits per share that matter mm-hmm. so they've been growing that at close to six percent a year five mm-hmm. to six percent a year yeah um so i would say that my only change in the appraisal is that for each year that i've owned it the value has gone up by about five percent each year
0: yeah yeah do they buy back any of their stock or what do they
1: no so um they pay a dividend mm-hmm. and that dividend yield was fairly high when i bought the stock it's not that high now um and uh, they do acquire other companies and the report goes into a lot of details about how they do that. All their acquisitions have been really good banks, but the problem is that they're a really good bank and so if they've used their own share sometimes to do it, I would say that they've been about a wash in terms of creating value mm-hmm. because although they've been great banks to acquire, always in Texas, um, they an, they're they not value investors when it comes to acquisitions. Yeah.
0: Do you ever get worried because of like the concentration risk and that they're really like focusing the Texas market
1: yeah, that's a good point. So that's why the stock was so cheap, yeah, because they were focused on energy lending, and there was a disastrous few years for the company in the early nineteen nineties, late nineteen eighties. So there was. I remember a, you wrote you wrote about it, yeah. Yeah. So, th- for instance, the financial crisis was not hard on them at all. They didn't use TARP money. Um, they they re- really didn't hurt them. If you look, none of the recessions since the early nineteen nineties recession, uh, have have been tough on the company at all and that's not just true for frost it's true for all texas banks Mm -hmm. texas economy wasn't hit that hard by the um the 2008 um financial crisis what devastated texas though was in the late 1980s early 1990s there was a huge decline in oil prices huge decline in land prices all over texas and most of the texas banks failed um uh, frost is the only bank I know of that was around at about 1989 or so as a top ten bank based in Texas mm-hmm. that's still independent and still in Texas. Yeah, um, everything else was either taken over by a bigger national bank or uh, f- actually failed. And and the only reason Frost did not fail is because I think they were only lending out maybe 30 or 40 percent of their deposits they usually lend out very low amounts of their deposits
0: to you're saying to businesses that they lend it out to in any form of loan. Why do they, you said they don't lend it out to individuals. Correct. Why is that
1: generally Uh, more? Yeah. The only lending they do to individuals, I believe is connected to, um, officers of the company Mm -hmm. that they, because they want to get their corporate business. Um, they do some lending to them. There might be a tiny bit of home equity. Uh, they do offer some stuff like, as a customer of Frost, you can do uh, a mortgage, but they make very clear that that's not them yeah. uh, doing that mortgage for you. Yeah, um, They're an okay lender. They mostly focus on uh, safe categories. I think they're not focused on taking a lot of risk yeah. lending-wise. I actually think uh, historically, Prosperity Bank, which is their biggest competitor in Texas or the second biggest uh, bank headquarter in Texas, um, is probably have even... It probably has even lower... Loss rates um so you know the report goes into the charge-off rates that frost has and everything um they're low and then also frost loans normally are only about half of what they do the other half is bonds so uh there's really no danger to the company that way yeah um from their lending uh it was a danger like i said in the early 90s and it's why the stock got so cheap because they're a big energy lender mm-hmm. but that was never a concern for me i mean they could have half of their energy loans could have gone bad, completely ran off and the bank would have survived.
0: Yeah. So um, you know, for new listeners listening today, do you think that that frost would be an interesting place to like it's currently interestingly, you yeah, know, think, valued for? Yeah.
1: I mean I own it still and I think yeah. it belongs in just about everyone's portfolio listening to this. Something that is interest rate sensitive that benefits from higher rates mm-hmm. belongs in your portfolio. Because everything else in your portfolio is likely to get really hurt if rates rise for three to five years or something. Sure. So something that's earnings go up as rates rise is a good thing to have in your portfolio. I don't don't
0: think it's not common knowledge that rates are going up too, probably,
1: right? Yeah, but it's interesting because when we're recording this, we're recording this not long after a decline in the stock market, which was pretty big for one day. And a lot of pundits would say that it was because of fears of higher inflation and particularly that causing the Fed to raise rates faster, Yeah. Mm -hmm. right? On that same day, Frost stock actually fell and tends to be that stocks all move together. Mm -hmm. So even these interest rate sensitive stocks, I've seen some insurers and some banks that would really benefit from higher rates. Like Progressive is a good example of insurer that Mm -hmm. they they have such a short term bond portfolio that they benefit a lot from higher rates. Um, Those stocks still fall when other stocks fall. There's not a ton of um, people digging down into understanding how much one bank is more interest rate sensitive than another. Mm-hmm. Prosperity is a great bank, not interest rate sensitive, like very interest rate neutral. And so frost is a lot more attractive that way.
0: Yeah, and then frost I mean, I mean, as rates rise for them, obviously their business becomes more valuable. Correct. Yeah. So, yeah. I
1: think management already came out with something saying that their previous uh, consensus estimates for earnings per share for 2018 are too low and that's because of um, rates rising. Mm-hmm. There's a lag though, there's a bit of a lag. So, because uh, these um, loans and uh, bonds have to be repriced that way. Were
0: they Will they benefit at all from the, um, the tax cut?
1: Yeah, so that's an interesting one. They will presumably benefit from the tax cut, but see, they had a low tax rate in recent years because they were intentionally buying bonds that they wouldn't have to pay taxes on um, because they were trying to target a certain after-tax yield. So it may change what kinds of bonds they invest in. But yeah, it would be beneficial to them. I don't know that would be as beneficial as to a company like um, NIC, like Egov. Sure. That would be the biggest beneficiary of a tax cut. Yeah, Perfect. Well, any
0: other last thoughts on the company?
1: Yeah. Um, I think that it is still very attractive. Um, and I did a interview at PunchGuard. Mm-hmm. And so that is correct. People actually. should definitely yeah. look for that. Yeah, that
0: is a we can link to that. Or okay, that on was your, on the blog or something. Because
1: yeah. the report that I'm talking to you about here that has most of this information is a couple years old. It's from when I first bought the stock, and the stock, when that report was done, was at 60 or something like that. This interview at Punch Card. Uh, so you, if you just go to Google and you type in like Jeff Gannon, um Frost interview or something like that, it'll be one of the top results mm-hmm. or Punch Card. Um, and you can read that one. That's a good interview with someone talking to me about what the stock looked like and whether you, I would still own it at probably 90 or $100 mm-hmm. when that stock was, uh, when the interview was done. So I would say even then I said, you know, in five years it could be a $200 stock. Uh, and I do believe that. But it does depend on interest rates. And um, uh, people. this was not the most popular stock pick at the time I made it because people felt that it was a real um, speculative bet on higher interest rates. And then, as it turned out, the Fed did not actually raise rates as quickly as some people uh, had anticipated. Uh, but now the the forecast is sort of for a pretty quickly uh, increasing rates. So it, now people are uh, they're more sympathetic to the uh, yeah. investment case, but it's the exact same investment case it was before. And I always looked at it as, what will the Fed funds rate be in five years? Never, what will it be? You know, in in five months or something like that. Uh-huh. Because I always plan to hold the stock for like five years.
0: Yeah, perfect. So you think uh, it still today offers a pretty good or pretty interesting for people to take a dive in and I'd study up on it?
1: Yeah, I'd say at $100 a share, it, I think it trades for about two-thirds of what it's really worth. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's a value stock. Uh, it, it doesn't look like one. I think probably the PE now, I don't know, it might be 20 or something now.
0: How do you feel about the, the management of Ross? How do you even go about, I mean, sort of... Um, I like, the, management I like in general. the culture
1: at Frost a lot. So really? they've only had maybe six CEOs since the company's founding. Yeah, it's like
0: generational that. pretty much, right? Yeah,
1: yeah so they, their last it's only the last two CEOs they had who weren't members of the Frost family. Um, I actually compared them to Prosperity, which I think has a great management, especially the CFO there. But this... Situation here is more like, like I said, the culture of it. That's what really matters. What's the lending culture like? Um, the really attractive thing about Frost that we should point out is it's the very cheap deposit base. And so what they've done over time is they've grown the uh, deposits per branch by about 4.5%, something like that, a year for the last 20, 25 years. When you do that, the economies of scale that you get are really attractive. And they did that while offering really low um interest rates and that's because there's a real focus on customer service and because they focus really hard on finding businesses that they know they'll be able to retain. Uh, They don't go in a lot for, I I would estimate they may have the highest retention rate uh, of a a major bank. Um, They said somewhere that they think it's around 92% or something Mm -hmm. that they keep of their clients each year. That's pretty high. um, I was going to say that seems pretty high. Yeah. Yeah, banks. Once you keep a customer for the like, once you've had a customer for about two years, they tend not to leave you. It's really easy to keep them in banking. Um, Customers who first switch to you uh, can leave, but their their deposits are mostly from the pretty big businesses in Texas. And there's a significantly um, elaborate like sales cycle in terms of how long it takes. They try to get accounts with the um, officers there. I think they're very good at getting that kind of uh, getting business that will stay with them. So I think even uh, the the value of the stock rises probably five percent a year, maybe six percent a year. Texas is a pretty fast growing uh, state, even without the interest rate increases. Yeah. So I think underlying you have a pretty attractive growth rate, and then you have the speculative component of the interest rate. Yeah. So yeah. I mean they got the headwind. or I mean the tailwind of Texas helping them out as well. Yeah. Yeah, the the GDP here is more like 6% a year versus like 4 or something for mm-hmm. the US.
0: Perfect. And how did you even come across Frost? Was it just because you lived in the Texas market and
1: you... I looked at just about every regional bank around. Yeah. yeah, I wrote about five or six of them like I said. So, um yeah, I mean, obviously I heard a lot about it because I'm in Texas. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Cool. Any last thoughts?
1: Nope. I think that it's a like I said I own it. I think it's attractive for people to look at it, but I I would say that You want to look at five or six different banks at the same time uh like you said you haven't really looked at banks before it's hard for people to um understand the differences between a really attractive the
0: filings are very more much more complex as well i feel Mm -hmm. like than other or like normal 10ks the best part i thought that or the biggest point that i uh biggest takeaway i should say was how you were talking about you know in your portfolio um as rates rise a lot of the companies that you own they're probably gonna you know go down or get hit um So almost like this offers almost like a little hedge in a way. Yeah, definitely. To, 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 you know, to, I mean, what, I mean, obviously, I mean, we're not, we don't have a crystal ball, but rates are probably going to go up, right? I mean, I think that's sort of common knowledge. Mm -hmm. So I think that offers us a good hedge to an overall portfolio as well.
1: Yeah. So I would read that interview I did with Punchcard. And then if you become a member of Focus Compounding, you can read this report as well as the others for all the other banks. And that's the easiest way to learn about banks is just to read all the reports that I did on banks. Perfect. Yeah, and you get immediate access to that if, if you become a member. So you can read all five or six reports. And Yeah, we have
0: uh, there out. are tons of reports on our website as well. Yeah, yeah and there, there are a bunch about banks. Yeah, mm-hmm. so
1: that, that's definitely the easiest way for someone who isn't a bank investor to do that.
0: Perfect. Well, we want to thank everybody for tuning in. Of course, you're listening to the Focus Compounding Podcast, where we take one idea off of the Focus Compounding website and share it with you here. For free. Uh, to read other about other ideas just like this, go to www.focuscompounding.com and be sure to sign up using the word podcast as the promo code to get $10 off your monthly subscription price forever. Jeff, thank you very much. We'll see you in the next one.
1: All right.